Hello and welcome to Pro Construction Guide series of ProCats. This is episode 37, Why Construction Businesses Frequently Fail. I'm John Gordon. And I'm David Doble. Thanks for joining us. Pro Construction Guide magazine brings you a new ProCast built exclusively for you, the professional contractor. It's the only podcast for pros hosted by pros and with successful contractors as guests. You can listen to any ProCast at ProConstructionGuide.com or iTunes. And as you know, or maybe this is a first time listening, David and I have been doing a home improvement show for 21 years and uh, mostly consumers, but a lot of a lot of uh, pro uh, business to business guys uh, listening. But um, we wanted to join forces with uh, pro construction guys. So if you want to learn more about us, you can go to askjohnanddave.com because right now we want to get uh, on with what we really came here to talk about. We do. We do like to let our pro listeners know about how they can save time and money as well as learn about ways to boost their revenues and profits. That's good. One of the best ways I know to help improve your business is by listening to this ProCast. Because you're a listener, you know the great value that you get from the podcast. Our topics run the gamut from how to install a leak-proof skylight to, to creating fast and accurate estimates and, and how to build a great website. So tell your colleagues, your employees, subs, people that you work with, uh, let them get a chance at this great information. Um, if you're a subscriber on iTunes, please rate us because we really want to know how we're doing. Very good. Thank you, sir, for that. Yep. And, uh, John, hey, have you seen the digital uh, issue of Pro Construction Guide? Gene sent me the link. Very slick. I even like the page-turning sound effects. <laughs> I know. Very it's, cool. It's pretty cool. Well, I like it. There's lots of uh, there's lots of great stuff in there. You have options for the paper uh, version. You can pick those up at any Home Depot nationwide or um, the digital issue. So that keeps it at your fingertips. You can look at it in your iPad while you're eating your bologna sandwich. How about there that? There you go. I was working with a gentleman uh, Thursday and yesterday who uh, carries a, a both well a smartphone and an, and an iPad. And I mean, just about everybody does anymore. But what was cool, I thought, was we were checking to make sure a mirror height was 88 compliant and he, he popped up his stuff and there was the ADA information yes. we measured everything off and boom there you go so it's, it's amazing great resource yeah uh, take advantage of it all so all right so let's get on with uh, uh, with this week's show and this week um, David you and I are going to talk about um, why construction businesses frequently fail and I was reading a great blog and I know you think I spent all of my life just on our website and just on proconstructionguide.com but I was actually out on a blog uh, so I want to make sure I give credit here Procore and I believe Danielle Edberg was uh, was the blogger at the time and she listed the 10 reasons that construction companies fail and and what I thought David this morning is let's let's look at those 10 reasons uh, we're not going to pretend to be experts on this, but I think we'll just talk about some things to help our professional listeners um, uh, think through what's going on in their business today that are like ooh, warning signs or, hey, these are some things maybe we should be thinking about so that we are not um, in the proverbial graveyard of construction businesses, right? Right, and there are many. There, there's a ton. In fact, if, I, if the last statistic I remember is the average construction company goes out of business in the first three years. So if, you may, if you're if you your fourth or fifth year or beyond that, congratulations, you're beating the averages. But I'm, I'm going to use these 10 categories, I think, and then, David, you and I will spin off and, and kind of talk about just some things that, I, that again, w- will help people think about. We should do that, top 10 reasons, but I don't want to joke about this, honestly. So reason, and, and this is not necessarily in any particular order, but a reason, one of the 10 reasons for, um, for construction companies to fail is poor accounting. Mm-hmm. So not keeping track of the numbers. Right. Uh, and, and, and great technicians, lousy accountants, 
and then we have challenges, right? Absolutely. Um, estimating issues. Uh, we spent some time with a couple guests uh, a few weeks ago, actually twice, on how to estimate uh, better. And so estimating issues are a problem. Poor insurance. We'll talk briefly about that in a minute, but poor insurance is a reason for failure. Work environment issues, whether they be related to the actual weather and environment or the kind of environment where you have to work, those kinds of things poorly addressed are cause for failure. Tight completion schedules. If I was in this business, this is where I would go out of business because my wife will tell you, I propose tight completion schedules and I never make them. (laughs) Uh, Thank God I don't make my living that way. Um, David, this is one we've talked about a thousand times. Shortage of skilled workers mm-hmm. leads to failure. Um, safety problems. Then these next three are, I think, well, I won't comment on them yet. Number eight, growing too fast. Number nine, trying to break into a new region or market. And number 10, a dramatic increase in size of job that you tackle or the complexity of the job that you tackle. Um, and so those are the top 10 reasons. David, nothing there surprised you, does it? Not, not a single one. And, uh, and you have, and I will, I will defer to you uh, a lot because, I mean, you have been in business, what, 30 years? 30 years. Mm-hmm. Same name. Yeah, that's what uh, I say. Same name, same bank account, same address, same phone number. So you're not one of those guys in the business of going out of business, and congratulations to no. you. And and I'm on the radio, so you can find me. Any, <laughs> we know where you live. Anytime you want. That's exactly right. Which so. is good. And we're going to talk about, I, I'm anxious to hear, because it's easy for me from my position to say things that we've learned and we have the experience or the benefit of this big company to help us uh, think through this, right? But from, from the construction guy's perspective, you're going to be invaluable in, in this segment. Now, David, when we talked about this a little bit and shared our thoughts uh, before uh, before doing this, we're not going to spend a lot of time on the first three. Right. Poor accounting, poor estimating, or poor insurance. We kind of think, like in a poker game, that's your ante, right? If you don't have those, um, probably probably shouldn't be at the table. Well, right? yeah, yeah, let's, let, I mean, and, and you said quick, so let's, we'll, we'll do it quick, but anybody that's, in business, if you don't have track and or keep track of your numbers for for what you do for a living, this and I'm talking about a, a accounting beyond the IRS. This is this is the accounting you need to do for yourself. So you need to know what those numbers are, so you know if you're making any money. Yeah, and, and exactly, exactly, you, and 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 that that app happens to go down to the next level of estimating. Um, issues because if you're not keeping track of your your accounting, you probably aren't keeping very good track of your estimating either. So just back up for one second, as we said, we wouldn't dwell on it. But from an accounting perspective, look, find an accountant, talk to somebody else in the in your business, somebody that works with remodelers or plumbers or whomever. There's basic accounting principles that you have to use no matter what you're doing. But if you talk to somebody who know who is doing this for other people in your industry, they know the best tax advantages. They know the pitfalls. They will give you good advice from a cash flow perspective, from managing expense perspective. So if you can find not just a good accountant, 
but find an accountant who is familiar with your industry. Right. You're gonna you're gonna benefit from that. Or or a, a, another quick tip is that yes, absolutely, you need to have an accountant uh, to help you with these things if you're in business. I think unless that's a specialty that you have, you know, maybe you have a maybe you have a degree in accounting and then maybe you don't need it. Some guys but, do. But but you what you really need is a bookkeeper. You need someone to constantly be feeding these numbers from what you're doing into a program like, uh, and this is not a promotion for QuickBooks, but QuickBooks, which happens to be the, the leader of all bookkeeping uh, software out there. So mm-hmm. you can find people that specialize in QuickBooks. And I'm telling you, it's not that expensive to have someone do this for you uh, per month. It really is not. Um, if, if It would be better if someone in your office or if you learned how to use it too, because then you could communicate with them and you have a better understanding about what's going on. But I promise you, if you have something like that and you keep track of your job costs, um, it will make your life so much easier. That that initial setting up of these things is 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 what I think deters people, John, yep. uh, from doing it. But once you get it set up and you put the numbers in, boy oh boy, it'll make your life easier. It's it's the way it, it's it's like I said, it's kind of your ante for the poker game. You shouldn't be at the table gambling if you if you haven't you know anted up. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and then just real quickly, David, because I really want to get into the meat really of the last three things, but insurance, poor insurance is, and I think everybody kind of gets it, like one thing happens, you're not insured right, you, right. Are, you are done, right? Yeah. But there's, there's headaches, challenges to keep, keep good people from getting down the right insurance path, yeah? Well, I mean, there is, and it's, it's uh, I think the main thing is just to be with a full-service insurance broker, uh, someone that can help you and walk you through uh, the pitfalls. If you're dealing with somebody that sells insurance on a regular basis to other contractors, yep. they know the business. So rely on them, especially somebody that's not just settle, selling one company's insurance policies, but somebody that brokers or sells multiple policies um, uh, through different insurance uh, organizations. I, I that's the best thing. That's what I think. You count on them. You don't need to know all of it. You need to know a little bit of it, but let them let them guide you and do the job. It's really worth it. I think that's good advice. So so that lets us dive into what I think where I know we want to spend the lion's share or the remainder of this procast. And that's talking about reasons for failure number eight, nine, and ten. And just to to recall, number eight is growing too fast. Number nine is trying to break into a new region or market. And number 10 is a dramatic increase in job size or job complexity. These, I think, are insidious like demons um, because here you are running a successful business. You say to yourself, self, I'm going to, I'm going to grow. I'm going to, I'm, I'm done being a, you know, one, you know, one crew business. I'm going to be a two crew business or I'm going to, Whatever it is, I'm going to grow. Or, hey, I've got this figured out. I'm going to go to another you know, region or another market. Or I've got uh, uh, somebody that I've connected with. And, and now instead of just being in this market, I can be in that market too. Or I'm, I'm, I've got all this figured out. I'm going to take on bigger, badder jobs. So here you are thinking you're going to do a great thing. And then all of a sudden you get bitten in the butt by what you think is a prudent, intelligent, aggressive business move. These are like, it's an insidious thing because just when you get comfy, you get smacked. So mm-hmm. um, all those being technical terms, I guess. But <laughs> David, for, for you and for me, I, I want to, I know 
we're not saying, hey, look, go write this down. Clearly, if we were geniuses, we would be having, we would have, we would be working for Boston Consulting Group or have John and Dave Consulting or something like that. But what we're doing here is like, look, we don't want to oversimplify this, but we want to ask some questions or give you some things to help you ask the questions for your own business and go check some things out, right? Right. So, David, we grouped them into what we'll call. So when you're thinking about one of these th- three things, you know, growing, new market, complexity, or size, there's four Ps. We love it when we can give you things that you can walk away from here and say, okay, now what do they want me to think about? PPP. Uh, the four Ps are basically, are, are very simple. They are people, process, product, and price. So, we're going to take a second on each one of these things. And again, we're not going to pretend to be like, you know, the, the all seeing, all knowing. Just ask some very basic questions to help you think about your business a little bit better. Right. So, David, first one, people. Um, talk about the difference between head count, as in enough people, and head content. Right. Capable people. Well, I mean, I think the first thing you have to do, if, you, if, if, if you're doing this because you've expanded into another area, the, the first question you have to ask is, is, how am I doing in the area that I'm already in? Because this is a problem, <laughs> finding qualified people. Now, we talked about that shortage of skilled workers. Um, that follows you where, most likely wherever you go, right? Yep. So I it's, think I think that's it. First of all, finding people that are that are that are qualified or trainable. You know, let's let's just just go to the level. Maybe they don't know anything about it. Sometimes you're better off to have people, uh, depending on the the complexity of the job, to not know anything about it, so you can train them the way you want. But be prepared uh, to 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 go through several before you get to that point, which that, can lead to a catastrophe with the rest of the peas, right? Quickly and. And so let me give you one more thing to think about, and, and, and we'll move on. But you've got to look at your business and look at yourself and say, are you the real reason that your business is, is truly successful? And if you were not there, right. would the thing come crashing to the ground? Because mm-hmm. if the answer to that question is yes, then you better think, you, you have to think. I, I, sound, I don't want to sound like I'm lecturing. I apologize. But no, this is important. It's, it's great advice. Well, I think I think all you have to say at that point is go get the book or the, the CDs, The Highest Calling. We're going there. You are so right. So so don't lose that thought, David. That's awesome. Anyway, so so I think you got to ask yourself, if it's you alone, then you really want to think twice because you're not going to be able to – you'll be able to – you're going to be do real, really well in your new market and your existing one, which could be your more profitable one right now, is going to suffer or vice versa. But it will be difficult with you as the only real brain trust um, to succeed as, as you try these expansion or growth or take advantage of growth opportunities. Right. The next one, I think, the second P, so he said P1 is people. P2 is process. Um. The one way to get so if you've got minimum head content, so so like you really are important, and there may be one or two other people in your business who really get it, then the best way to take the full advantage of that is have a process that everybody can follow because that process would reflect your good thinking. Therefore, anybody follows the process is follow is almost kind of like following your guidance. Right. The process lets you be there without being there. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I've got. I know a guy that does this, John, and he's got everything in. in and this is old school, but in binders. 
and on the on the on the uh, the side of the binder, it tells what is in that binder for the process of that business. So no matter what it is, if you're new there and 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 you're a self starter, <laughs> we're all looking for those, right? Um, and I laugh because you know it's it's I've been in business so long, it's just hard to find people that are self starters. Um, but the process is so important. But if you are, if you'll take the time to write that stuff down, now of course the newer generations can say, "Well, we'll do this all electronically," which is fine too. That's because fine. You can have all your binders in an electronic uh, 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 fashion as well. So I, I think you're uh, you're dead on, John. If you if you have the process, it's all written down. Then you don't that you don't necessarily have to have the top notch people, but you got to put a lot of work into putting the process on paper. And it's not it's not old school or it's not crazy, David. We run um, the Home Depot uh, runs the Pro Solution Center, a call center to support our professional customers. And for each program that they support, they literally do have a binder. So if the call comes in and you're not a thousand percent sure, you pull it down. There's everything you need to do to make sure you can get through the process. So there you go. It's it's it, very important. It, it it's works key to from success. the smallest to the largest to the biggest. It's right, critical. Right. Very good. So we said P1 people, P2 process, P3 product. Now, this one's real easy to overlook, I think, but it's also pretty easy to fix. So if you're in a new market or if you're in a bigger business, you got to ask yourself before you go, P number three product, are there new or unique products uh, or product requirements? So today you put in a toilet in a bathroom. Now you decide you're going to go do this for a municipal airport or whatever, whatever. The toilet that you put in, you know, day in and day out for Mr. and Mrs. McGillicuddy is probably not cutting the mustard. Uh, now, I use an oversimplified example, but, but I think you have to ask, as I go into this more complex job, as I go into this new market. So, like, for example, if you were operating in, in rural Missouri and then you went to... Uh, Los Angeles, California. Good Lord, you are in for a... Not that you'd ever do that. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not commenting beyond that because we have good businesses and friends in California. But California is extremely... It's radically different from many other parts of the country, right? Got to know what's going on from all the perspectives, right? But product, they're going to require things in a product. Your big automakers will tell you cars they ship to California are different from cars that they ship to, uh, to other parts of the country. So do you know that? And, and we're going to talk about price in a second, but David, you know what you can, where you can get, how fast you can get, and how much you have to pay for different product really has an immediate impact on your bottom line, yeah? Absolutely. And, uh, and, and just knowing where to get it, uh, when you go into a new region, you know, that's that whole networking thing that we constantly talk about. That's part of it because that helps you. <laughs> that networking part helps you with all four P's. So, and, and I know firsthand, right? So I was in a strange market this past week, not one that I typically operate in, and I needed something that the Home Depot sells all day, every day, um, online. Yeah, online uh, for like $135. I, I, did, I had to have it in four hours. So I went and found a local person. Didn't know the market, didn't know anybody. I found the closest thing to me because I had to have it in four hours. 
I, I don't know if I should admit this. I hope my boss isn't listening. Actually, I told him. I spent $700, $700 on something that I could have had for $135. You think that'll run your business into the ground? So it's because I just had no idea where to go. So I went to where I knew I could get it fast. And boy, did I pay for getting it fast. Okay. Um, So that kind of takes us really, David, to the third P. First people, second process, third product, fourth price. Um, this one, I kind of defer to you on cause you think through all those details, but it's kind of driven by the, one of the things we said we weren't, you know, spent a lot of time on is how you estimate correctly. Right. But how do you, how do you make this work in your business? Well, I mean, for, you know, I'm not expanding into another region, so it's, 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 it's easier for me because I'm, I've been in one spot for so long as anybody out there listening you can attest to if you've been in one spot for a long time the the pricing part is not as bad now uh, when it gets sad is whenever you find out that what somebody else is charging for for something and they've been doing it for years and you're like wow how are you doing that i want to talk about that in a minute though also because that's there's there's a bit of a pitfall opportunity there too but right uh, absolutely absolutely so i mean i think you just have to base it off of of you know you have to that it goes back to that same thing john the accounting how are you going to know how to price something if you don't know what it's costing you? Spot on. So the last thing I'll tell you uh, is is I've I've talked to guys and they're like, look at what they're charging to do this. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go do that because look at the kind of money that they're making. Right. Could be very very true. I will just say be careful because if you see and what you think is an inflated cost to do work that you may not have done before and you're thinking that's a good place to be because it's really, really profitable, I'm going there, be careful. There may be complexities in the job or the market or something about that business that causes people to have to have those prices to be profitable. And if you go in to say, I'm going to price aggressively and I'm going to get some of this business for me and you haven't taken into consideration what's driving those prices, then then that price thing could be that fourth P, which causes you to uh, to hang out in that um, that dubious place, the the, the graveyard of, of of deceased businesses. So there you go. So I think that those are, I mean, those are really the the kind of the four things um, that we would have you think about, uh, rather than say do this, do this, do this. Ask yourself the questions about your people, your process, your product, and your price. And so that's. That's it, David. What do you think? We good? That's it, man. I, I think we've, we've covered it, and I think you just have to go a, a little deeper into each of those, um, and, and, and you'll you'll figure it out, and, and you will stay solvent. Cool. All right, let's go one more place, because you started the conversation. I definitely want to go there. It's the spare parts box. It's that part of the Procast where we reach into the box that we just can't throw away, because someday we'll use it, but we really won't need it until we throw it away. But... Um, this week's spare parts box, uh, or the spare part, the tool, the thing I want to drag out is not a tool at all. Um, I'm saying that what you want to have in your toolbox, David, you referred to it earlier, it's a book called The Highest Calling. Yes. And look, if you're like me, it's, it's got a book. It's got a, 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 like a diary binder thing you'll keep track of some stuff in. Hang on to that. You'll understand why. Don't try to read the book first. Take the DVD and stick it in your, uh, the CD, whatever, stick it in your player, in the truck, and listen. 
on your way to work, on your way home, just do it. And then if you think if you thought it was totally deplorable, you know, let us know. I don't think you will. I, that no. would be our toolbox. You you would you'll love it. You'll love it. You'll love it. As a matter of fact, you'll be late because you won't want to get out of the truck because <laughs> you're still listening. I can tell you because I've listened to it multiple times and 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 you will. You should listen to it because every time you'll pick up something new and it just clicks, man. Uh, so there you go. It's every fifth, contractor. It's the fifth P, punctuality. There Holy you, crap. Yeah. <laughs> All right. He's always late. He was listening to see DVDs in his truck. All right. So, look, that wraps it up for us. If you would like um, to listen to this procast or share this procast podcast with others, visit ProConstructionGuide.com, www.ProConstructionGuide.com. And if you haven't gotten your copy of Pro Construction Guide, then visit the Home Depot closest to you. They'll have copies at the Pro Desk. And, of course, don't forget the digital version as well at ProConstructionGuide.com. If you've got any feedback for us, give us a call at 866-647-2346. Leave a message. We really do want to hear your thoughts. We'll see you next week in our next episode of Pro Construction Guide Magazine's ProCast Podcasts. We're hoping that you're going to make us a valuable tool in your toolbox.